is there a difference in the 21st century church and the apostolic church? I, I, I think when, when you, when you look at it, there's so many differences within culture, right? Yeah, right. Culture is just so different. Things evolve and things move. And the, 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 the blueprint, what we are aiming to follow as a church is, mm. you know, the book of Acts mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we're trying to follow the apostles and mm-hmm. it's the apostles doctrine. And we, we are trying to, to follow that blueprint and you have to hold to those core values knowing that there are going to be changes. Yeah. That things will change. Things will be different and they always will be. They will always continue. We see that now. Yeah. And one of the things that we have to be mindful of, okay, we, we hold to our core values, we hold to our doctrine, but now how do we go about it and navigate mm. in this world mm-hmm. to further the mm. gospel? That's how important. How do we share the gospel? Uh, yeah. Things are going to change. Yeah. Yes. So how do we yeah. change to, to, to make sure that we are sharing the gospel, the good news with everyone that we possibly can? Dude, that's so good that you, you got to keep the foundation of the doctrine and the principles, right? right? And I think a lot of the struggles of churches today is they want to be, they want to become relevant mm-hmm. and they want to become current. Mm-hmm. And so they do, they, they slack up on what they believe mm-hmm. because they think it's going to draw a crowd, mm-hmm. right? And you know, although numbers represent a soul, it's not about the number in terms of how many can I get just for the sake of getting them, sure. but it's about winning and leading people to Jesus. Sure. This is Live Talk Radio. auspicious day here at Life Talk Radio for a couple of reasons. Number one, because we are discussing leading in the 21st century church. If you are a leader, a pastor, a teacher, a minister, an aspiring leader, we want you to lean in today's episode because we are going to give you some content and some perspective on what is happening in today's uh, world, today's society, and in, re- in regards to how it relates uh, to leadership uh, in the 21st century church. Uh, this is a topic that is so relevant uh, in today's climate and And we're going to delve into the complexities of what that looks like. Uh, We're going to also talk about the state of the church from a biblical perspective and what the Bible says about the church versus some of the pop culture philosophies that are affecting so many Christian lives uh, today. And then number two, it's a great day because I have a prince of a guest in the house Pastor Jonathan Quinones. Too kind. <laughs> I'm going to introduce him in just a moment. But first, I want to say that if Life Talk Radio is adding value to your life and we are providing you with actionable strategies, we want you to like, share, and subscribe to our channel because at the end of the day, it really is all about our listeners. We want to know what you think. Uh, we want to know what you think about our content. And maybe you have an idea for a show. We want to hear from you, please let us know. Alrighty. So today my guest is a friend. He's a brother. He is a co-laborer in the kingdom of God. And I am thrilled to have Pastor Jonathan Quinones in the house. Man, welcome to the show. Man, bro. Thank you so much, Dana. It's an honor to be with you. I'm so excited about what's happening with Life Talk. And yeah. just, I'm, I'm thankful and grateful to see what God's done in your life. Yeah. 
and how you have been so unselfish with it. You've oh, been bro. selfless. You've oh, been selfless. You've man. just made it as an as an avenue to be a blessing and to speak into other people's lives and and just to help them. And so I honor you for it. Oh, Thank dude. you for having that, me. That's so awesome, man. I bro, I can't even, I can't tell you literally uh, how much I respect you and oh, uh, how much I look up to you. You know, it's funny because I'm a much older guy than this man, but <laughs> only by a couple years, <laughs> only by a couple years. But you know what? You really are someone that I, I look up to man because of your consistency, because of your heart, uh, uh, towards the church and your approach, uh, to ministry, bro. I really do, man. I, I really appreciate you. You you're so consistent. Thank you. Man. Yeah. That's humbling, bro, to hear. I, that's encouraging. Yeah. That's yeah. encouraging. Thank you. It's, I'm, I'm honored. I'm. I, it's awkward for me to hear it, but <laughs> I appreciate it. And uh, I, I'm just, I'm humbled by that. It's all good. Hey, talking about being humble. So check this out. So usually when I have a guest on the show, I ask them to, you know, write me a little bio. Man, I, I get a full page essay sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> this guy sends me his bio today and it says, <laughs> father, husband, and friend. That's it. <laughs> That's it, man. Man, it made me laugh, bro. But That's you know, that it. is a testament to to who you are, bro. It's just, you know, the hand of God uh, is, has been on your life. I've known you now for what, 16 years? Yeah. Uh, and you were early in your ministry. And I really, I mean, although I've seen the growth uh, in, in your life, the, the, the heart that you have now was the heart that you had been. Man, I appreciate that. I'm not just I'm not just saying that, bro. That. I'm not just saying that, dude. You you've you've been so consistent and it's just evident to see uh the anointing and the hand and the work of God in your life, brother. Man, thank you for that, bro. Yeah. I, I definitely uh you know that there's growth that takes place in your life and everyone's life yeah. o- over the years. But yeah. there are some things that you never want to lose. Yeah. There are some things that you 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 don't ever want to grow out of. You don't ever want to graduate from. Mm, and mm. I feel like having a heart towards people yeah. and for people right. is something that you don't ever want to graduate from. Mm. It's something you don't, you, you don't want to get so jaded and you don't want to become so, so um, I, I would say uh, inundated with culture right. and, and things that are happening or have happened that right. you allow yourself to be so guarded that that changes. Right. I don't. I don't feel like that's something we need to let go of. I think the heart that we have mm. for people and for others that that needs to continue. You will get hurt. Yeah. There will be things that take place. There's going to be disappointment. There's going to be things that fatigue you and wear you down. Right. But it doesn't mean that I need to change the heart that I have for people. That's so beautiful. And so I, I've made an attempt, an intentional effort to say, you know what? Yes, there's things that have happened and gone on, but. I can't let that change how I love people, how I care for people, how I at least make an attempt towards people. Man, I tell you, you know, that really is the basis for ministry, you know, is right. is, is giving, way. giving of yourself. And in those moments when you do, you feel the fatigue and you feel tired, you feel frustrated. Uh, it's important that, you know, yeah, you know, people can sometimes see it because we're all human, we're human. right? Yes. We have those tendencies sometimes, but, but, but it's important that people know and they, they are, they can, they can rest on the fact that, you know what, this person genuinely cares about me and my walk with the Lord. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's and the first example that comes to my mind as, as a parent is my boys, I have three boys, nine, six, and two, Braden, Gavin, and Easton. And, awesome kids, and, man. And, uh, you're kind. <laughs> they're a lot of fun. Um, but as a parent, one of those things, there are times where I have to get on to my child. There yeah. are times that I have to discipline them, times that I need to explain things to them. 
they know my heart is for them. For sure. They know that. For sure. So there's going to be some times where it's football and basketball, and then there's going to be other times where I'm sitting them down, looking them in the eyes, say, you don't talk like that. Right. You don't act like that. Right. However, they know the heart that it's coming from. That's my dad. Dude, that, that's he so powerful. He loves me. He knows where it's coming from. And and that that's, you know, people are going to see us fatigued. People are going to see us tired. People yeah. are going to see us frustrated. Yeah. And and conversations that we're going to have with them, they're, they're going to be different at times. However, they know. Yeah. I, I know where, I know where his heart is. And right. I know where Dana, why Dana, why are you speaking so harshly to me? Right. You know why? Cause I care. Right. Cause I'm right. there for you. And, and th- they can see that. And the heart for them is something that's evident. Dude, that's, that's so beautiful. And I love the example that you used with, with your children because it, it is, uh, it really is um, uh, a mirror uh, of how we interact with other people, mm-hmm. you know? And as long as people know that you are sincere uh, and that you are consistent that's a big part of it, right? Yeah, in I your agree. in your fatherhood, you know, you're consistent with your boys, right? And it's the same way with church and and people that you are leading, and not just church, just in any sphere in general, of of, sure. of of uh, you know, in generality of of when you're leading people, uh, your consistency, man, it really does foster a respect uh, for from people that allows you to have those difficult moments and have those difficult conversations. I agree. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. It's yeah. the truth. Yeah. They, they look for that. And that's in, I know you mentioned it here in the beginning, but that's, that's one of the things that you see all throughout the word of God, yeah. throughout scripture. You, yeah. you see the consistency, yeah. but it, it's called as faithfulness. Yeah. You see oh. that. You see <laughs> I that. love that, bro. Faithfulness, faithfulness. Let me just read a couple of things about brother John. I know he's going to be, get a little uncomfortable with this, but uh, uh, John is a husband. He is the father of three amazing, outgoing, athletic boys. He just talked about them. (laughs) He has also served in his local church for the past 18 years, first as uh, the youth uh, pastor in his church or in our church. We go to the same church. Shout out Revival Church. Shout out Revival Church. (laughs) 8257 Street, Modesto, California. (laughs) 95354. I love that. 209. But he's now operating in the of our assistant pastor. Amazing, amazing job. Uh, he has also served in multiple capacities within the district for the United Pentecostal Church International for the past 13 years. And like I said earlier, he really is one of the most uh, consistent, well-respected, sincere individuals that I, I know. So and kind. man, it's it's really helped me. Um, you know, it's it's beautiful, bro. Here's the thing. It's beautiful when you can look into the life of other people and say, I want to be like that. Yeah. Right. And I think if we can all have that perspective that I'm not only living for God and for me, but I'm also living for the people around me. Yeah. You know, that's true. And it, just hearing it out loud. Yep. We, we, we make the attempt to live that way. Yep. We do. Yeah. I feel like we both do. But hearing it out loud again, you feel just the weight of uh-huh. that statement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not just doing this for mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not just doing this for my family. Mm-hmm. I am doing this for others. Yeah. yeah, I am leading others. I am trying to make the attempt to help others. You feel the weight of yeah. that. You yeah. feel the weight and the responsibility of it. It's no light thing, but that is what we are called to do. And that's what we aim to do. Yes, sir. It's it's the reality of, of, uh, of, of the mandate. 
you know? Right, right. <laughs> it's the reality of the mandate. And so today on Life Talk Radio, we're discussing some very specific things. Uh, we're going to be talking about leading in the 21st century church. Uh, we're going to be talking about how God sees the church uh, and how the world views the church. Right. And there can sometimes be a difference sure. in, in the two, right? Sure. And then we're going to also talk about pop psychology versus the gospel. Now, that one's going to be a very interesting conversation. I can't wait to get there. Um, but first, I want to give a disclaimer that the things that John and I talk about today are not necessarily um, uh, from the perspective of one denomination right. or one church, right? We're talking in very wide brushstrokes um, in generalities uh, in terms of the body of Christ as a whole. You could be Baptist, Pentecostal, you could be Methodist. We're talking about the body of Christ as a whole. Now, we have our our beliefs, right? Uh, but, but it's important that we look at the grand scheme of what's happening in what is considered the church, mm-hmm. because there are some things and there's some successes and there's some challenges uh, that we are, are, are facing uh, as, as a church. So let's go ahead and, and you know, before we even get in that, bro, I, I want you to just take a, a couple of seconds to really um, uh, greet the audience and, and tell Absolutely. them, you know, what you do and uh, how you do it. Absolutely. It's an absolute honor to be with you all today, listeners here at Life Talk Radio. And just to have an opportunity to speak for these few minutes, um, these are minutes that you don't get back. And so I don't take it lightly. And so my aim is to be a strength, to be an encouragement, Ah, and just to assist you today, wherever you're listening or watching, as as you're making your way, you might be in traffic, you might be at home, (laughs) wherever you may be, but you've you've come across Life Talk Radio. And I know with other sessions and other conversations, it's been a blessing and it's been a strength to you. And for those that some some that are listening, you're not even you wouldn't consider yourself a religious person, but mm, you've stumbled across mm, this and you say, mm. "Well, you know, I really appreciate the content. I appreciate the perspective that Dana has brought, and uh, this conversation isn't really something maybe that you thought would pertain to you, mm. but you're here." Mm. And I I hope that today could be an encouragement. Today could be a strength. And a blessing to you wherever you are in this yeah, season of life. And absolutely. so having the opportunity to to lead within the church is an honor. I don't take that lightly. And uh, we we make we make our best effort um, outside the four walls. And so with the church that we lead in, it, it's not just about well, it's just the church. It's us four and no more. Right. Uh, we our focus and aim is others. Right. That's the focus right. and that's the aim. And right. so being able to reach out to others via this platform is an honor. And so thank you for allowing me to take some time and, yeah, and to speak man. to you. Yeah. Here yeah, today. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. So so talk a little bit about your your leadership. Uh, starting off as a young man, you you got involved in ministry uh, pretty early in, yeah. in your life. Yeah. And, and it's been here, you know, I was raised in Modesto for the most part from nine years old Yeah, and uh, started attending Revival Church at 12 years old. Yeah. So I first went to a church camp and connected and uh, then, you know, Revival, it was Revival Center at the time, you know, yeah. Pentecostal Church Modesto, <laughs> Revival Center. Yeah. Um, we later changed our name to Revival Church. And so uh, at 12 years old, just got involved. My parents have always, have always been diligent about being involved in the church. Mm, yeah. And it wasn't, they have never, they were never looking for titles. Right. They were never looking for a position. But growing up, it was always bus routes yeah. and cleaning the church. <laughs> like that was my Saturdays, right? <laughs> you wake up, you clean a little bit, and we're going to bus routes, do bus routes for Sunday school ministry, children's yeah. ministry. Yeah. And then you're going to go and clean the church, make sure it's ready, make sure it's, you know, this was even before Revival Church. Yeah. It's just, this is just what you did. And yeah. so, 
as a kid, that's that's what I did. We're cleaning bathrooms. Okay, that's a part of Saturday. Cleaning the church, that's a part of Saturday. That's just how it is. Wait, wait, okay. So let me just ask you this, uh, and I don't want to get off track here, but how did you feel about that as as a child? Oh, as a child, you feel you feel about it like every child does. <laughs> You're like, this is my Saturday. This like this right. is what I'm doing. I'm out in bus routes, but. My parents, just the way that they led and the way that they loved people, and that's you know the greatest influence that I, that I would see and witness in. Um, it 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 wasn't that it was um, boring. It wasn't that it was this is ridiculous. I didn't feel that way. Right. Uh, there were times where man, I really would rather be doing other things. Right. Like a kid, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. But the watching them interact with other parents and other kids and getting involved, and this is our son, and he's with us, and this is what we're doing. It really taught me at a very young age that everything we're doing, right. it, it's not about my Saturday schedule. Right, it's right. about other people. And they, That's so good. They they were an example of that. And so it just, it was a way of life. Yeah. That was your normalcy. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it was it was the way of life. And yeah. so, um, yes, at times, well, I don't want to go. I don't want to do this. I don't. But but in that, it, it developed a work ethic that yeah. I appreciate now later on. It's yeah. something that. I've seen, and now that I'm trying to do for my own children, right, dude? That's that's so good. You know, I, I talked about uh, last week um, the formative years of a person's life mm-hmm. is zero to age five to seven, right? And it's the things that we are exposed to and that we learn in those years that really does form us uh, in our adult life. Absolutely. You know, yes. and and I love the fact, and because my mom was the same way, man. I was I was raised. Under the pew, you know, (laughs) raised under the pew. And and I I didn't like it always, but man, I can look back now and say, I'm so grateful that for my upbringing, because it helped me and formed me into the man that I am today. I agree with that, bro. And it's the same. You you look back, you're like, oh, wow. You know, this is why I am the way that I am. This is, there there were things, you know, exactly. The nap that you took was on the church pew that you just vacuumed. You know what I mean? And yeah. The bathrooms and the church is scary when you're all you're, you're Dude, all alone. down in the basement. You, you yeah. go clean. You go clean those Sunday school rooms and you're like trying to vacuum and you're like, what's gonna happen? I and remember I those. The church days, is dude. spooky when it's by itself. That man. is it's, so true. Nobody's bro. in there. You're like, uh, I don't know about this place. <laughs> that is so funny, bro. But so that, so that's cool, man. So 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 take us a little a little further. Yeah. Uh, and so you are now how old when you when started. I came, when I started coming to Revival Church, I was uh, twelve years old. Twelve so years old, okay. Twelve years old, got involved in the youth youth group, and my parents would drop me off early, and that's what I would do: stack chairs, yeah. vacuum, whatever needed to be done. I wanted to be a part of, yeah. and that that was because that's how my my parents were. Right. That's what they've always you know raised me to be, and so I, I enjoyed that. And then of course, getting involved, and I would be involved in uh, the youth teams, right? You know, youth leadership, get involved in that. You know, thirteen, fourteen. I, I think I preached my very first message when I was 14 years old. Wow. It was like a chapel type setting. Yeah. Do you remember the uh, title of your first message? Um, I, I believe it was Knowing What You're Worth or no. Knowing What You Have. So I think it was along the lines of Knowing What You Have. That's so and, good, dude. Uh, I, I, just, I just remember that. And then 16 years old, getting more involved in ministry. That's where I, I started doing more Bible studies. And there were uh, some great men in the church that got me involved uh, with Juvenile Hall Ministry. Yeah. And California Youth Authority. Yeah. And sign, I remember having to sign a waiver because I was only 16. Right. Signing a waiver so that it would allow me to go in. And it was just, it was uh, a great learning experience. It, you know, my heart is still there being able to minister and talk. Sometimes it was five, 10, one, uh, you know, one-on-one Bible studies. Sometimes it was 10, 20. Sometimes, you know, it was just different scenarios and, and, uh, that you would be involved in. And that was just, 
it it was it was something that was just exciting. It was right. something that like, wow. And those years have helped me. Right. Those right. years have helped me significantly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then Absolutely. As, as it continued moving quickly, man, it was uh, 18 years old, turning into not turning 19. Uh, became the youth pastor. It was supposed to be an interim basis, mm-hmm. um, but it just it developed and, and grew. And so I was youth pastor for 12, 13 years, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, and then just uh, came on staff at the church mm-hmm. and was assisting Pastor Johnson and, and doing what I could do to help make a difference. Yeah, man, you do a church. great job there. Let me ask you this. So going going back to your earlier years, let's say 12, yeah. 13, 14, did you, and I, this, I think this this question is really um, necessary for you in yeah. particular, because uh, it's, like I said, it's earlier, it's, it's so uh, apparent that the hand of God is on your life and it always has been. Did you, did you, did you notice yourself standing out like as a leader uh, in those younger, those younger years? Um, I wouldn't say that I noticed myself standing out, but it was that there was a lot of kind people in my life mm. that were very vocal mm. about just, you know, I, I remember vividly being 14 years old and having, you know, young adults come to me, man, you're going to be the next youth pastor. Yeah. You're going to be the next youth pastor. And that was frightening. Yeah. You know, because that's, I don't, I don't want to be a preacher. Right. I don't want to be a pastor. That's interesting. I, I didn't, never knew that about you. I didn't, I didn't, well, that wasn't something that I wanted to do. Right. Uh, when I was first, you know, gearing towards, what do you want to do? I wanted to do social work. Yeah. And so that was my aim at first. Okay. I want to do social work. And, and now when you look at your life, it, it is that in a sense, you know, not in what I thought it was as a career, but it's like, well, that's kind of what you're doing in a way, that's what but you're doing, it's yeah. just a slightly different approach. Um, and so I wasn't doing any, any of those things because I wanted, um, to be a pastor or a preacher or anything like that. Like most, I was nervous. I was, I, you know, how, how could I stand in front of people and, and, and sing and preach and, and do these things? That's right. not something I was comfortable with. Right. Um, but as, you know, as things unfold, mm-hmm. you know, your leaders are summoned and, mm-hmm. and, and there's a call mm-hmm. and you answer that call and mm-hmm. what that call often looks like. It isn't an audible voice. Yeah. It isn't a, a you know, a text message sure. from heaven. For sure. <laughs> you know, that, that is usually, it's a need. Yeah. It's a need yeah. that opens up that needs to be met and you feel that need and that leads to the next need and the mm-hmm. next need. And before you realize it now, now you are leading mm. and it wasn't something that you were intending to do, but yeah. you just wanted to fill the gap and fill the need. And, and that's kind of the story of how it would unfold for me. Bro, that, that's so beautiful and so powerful because, um, you know, a lot of people have this, uh, they have this, this end result in mind mm-hmm. and it doesn't sound like that you had that, right? You no, were just def- definitely not. making yourself available. And I think that's important for a lot of people to hear because we have, okay, I want to be this pastor or I want to be a traveling evangelist. Those things are great. You know, they're needed for the body of Christ. I sure. mean, talk about the fivefold ministry. Uh, all those things are needed, you know, but, but it, if, when, if you can really just settle yourself to God, wherever there is a need, yes, I'm willing to serve. Yes. That's where it begins. That's where ministry and leading really does begin. And there's a need and God sees that desire within you and he allows you to feel that need in that moment. Absolutely. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have that call or have right. that position. Right. 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 Absolutely. I think that's what God looks for. Yeah. It's people that are willing and available. Right. You know, we've talked about that 
you know, for so many years, it's what ability actually matters. Availability. Yeah. That, that's what matters. It's it's available. <laughs> and it's not original. It's just the truth. We've yeah. heard it yeah. taught and, and we've heard it preached and shared. It's what what ability is God looking for? It's availability. And and when God can see somebody that he can trust, yeah, he he will empower them. Yeah. yeah. He will empower. If he can trust you, yeah. he will empower you to make a difference and to, and to help because it's not about you. Yeah. And he can trust you in that, that I'm not doing this because I want the title, because I want the position. I'm doing this because I truly care about people and yeah. I, I want to help bridge the gap. God, how how can I introduce them to you? How can I introduce, you know, somebody that's hurting to hope? How how can how can I? Yeah. Because it's not about me being a, you know, with title and position. It's about yeah. me being what you want me to be, where you want me to be, and how you how how you want me to go about that. That's so good, bro. So just going with the flow, I know this is not something that we had projected to talk about, but do you think that's kind of changed in today's culture that, you know, you have a lot of people now who are really just aspiring for the pulpit? Well, I, I think what happens is you it, it you can get really distracted mm-hmm. because you can be so consumed with your goal mm. and you can be so consumed with your desire mm. and it's just about how do I get there? Mm. How do I get there? And we will oftentimes, you know, put it on our back and say, okay, if anything's going to happen and here, here's the thing, you, you have to be careful with it. It's just all about hustle, all about hard work, yeah. all about that. Yeah. It is about hard work. It, it, is, it is about, you know, doing things for yourself and working hard. However, the goal Right here, what's the heart behind that? Mm. Am I doing that because I want views? Mm. Am I doing that because I want attention? Mm. Am I doing that because I want more money? Mm. Am I doing that because I because because I, I want uh, people to know my name and I want my name on flyers and right. I want my name on graphics and right. I want my name on videos? Is that why I'm doing it? Right. You know, so you have to just be careful about that. And I don't think it's just in today's world, but I think it's always been that way. Right. But it's just more evident in today's world okay because everybody has access we have access to yeah. put themselves out there okay. and to be heard okay that's that's really that's that's good I, I love that perspective uh yeah so man it's it's you know you really got to um you know wait on the Lord you know yeah. wait wait on the Lord uh because leading especially leading the 21st century uh church man it, it has changed you know it, it has changed let's go ahead and transition in into our first um our first topic which yeah. is leading in the 21st century church um let's 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 do this in a in in two with two questions number one um what do you see as the mandate for for leadership in today's church uh, I definitely the very first thing that comes to my mind when that's highlighted mm-hmm. and and it you see this throughout scripture you hear it from Jesus himself is uh, servant leadership okay it's servant leadership okay. I it, like that it's servant when when you think about it the God that we serve the Creator the Savior of the world yeah and Jesus actually takes the time to wash feet mm. to wash feet mm. like that. That example alone, just right there, you you want what what does a leader look like? You think power, you think you, you, you think mm. charisma, mm-hmm. you you think strength and mm-hmm. might, the ability to command a mm-hmm. room. Mm-hmm. That's what you think of as a leader. Mm-hmm. But but Jesus kind of flips the script and here he is washing people's <laughs> feet. That right. is humbling. Right. That is convicting. Right. That is like, ooh, right. what my pride all of a sudden has a problem. Right. Like, oh, that's, you know, and, and he's, he's washing the feet of leaders. Yeah. Think about it for just a minute because yeah. it's, 
It's the feet of leaders. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 he's washing the feet of leaders, and they're like, "Well," and Peter's like, "Oh, you, you know, no, you're not, not going to do that. You're not going to do that, Lord. You're not going to do that." And he says, "Oh, <laughs> you don't. If I don't do this, right. you, you don't want a part of me. Right. Like, do you, do you understand the significance of right. what I'm doing right now? Right, right. And so I think servant leadership is huge. But um, I I know we just touched on it briefly earlier. Is is, is I'm thinking about that the mandate of it is faithfulness. Okay. Faithfulness. In Acts chapter number one, Peter is there. They're, they're waiting for the promise. Yep. There is a promise. They know it's coming. Yep. They're there and they're waiting and uh, it hasn't happened yet. They've prayed. They're in unity. Right. It's powerful, you know, and they know something is about to happen, but there's an order of business. Peter silences the crowd that is there. Yeah. And he says, you know, today we have to elect, we have to choose yeah. <laughs> a new apostle. A new apostle. Yeah. There, there's somebody that we now have to select. Judas has betrayed us. Yeah. Judas, one of us, he is no longer with us. We know what that man did. And you could feel the sting and almost yeah. the bitterness of it, no doubt, as it fills the room, as, as he's highlighting it. And he says, today... We are going to choose a new disciple. Yeah. There's going to be a new apostle today. Yeah. And you would think everybody in the room gets ready, you know, like, oh, <laughs> here's my resume. Right. <laughs> you know, don't forget me. You know what I've done. You know yeah. how amazing I am. You know, I can sing. I can preach. You know, you know the way I command a room. Right. You know how smooth I am when I walk in. Right. But then Peter gives the requirements. Yeah. And he says, it's got to they be somebody to be yeah. that was here, here from, from the beginning. The beginning. Oh, bro. That's so, dude, that's so powerful. I'm not looking for the most charismatic. That's I'm so not powerful. looking for the strongest. Oh, I'm not looking for the most talented. He said, it's got to be somebody that was here from the beginning. Give me the faithful one. Yeah. The apostle that is going to be chosen is going to be somebody that was here all along. Bro, they had to experience what they experienced. They had to see the miracles. They had to witness the death, burial, and resurrection. You, Dude, it, it, when, <laughs> when, when people were pointing them out saying, that's a disciple, that's a disciple. Exactly. There were, there were people saying, nope, not me. No, 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 no. Exactly. no, no I'm not the one. Peter himself. And isn't this like God? Isn't this powerful? The one that is giving the requirements yeah. is the one that denied Jesus. <sighs> Think about that. Jesus. How amazing is that? That's just that's just like God. Yeah. God is saying, I'm going to use the same one yeah. that knows what it is to yeah. fail. Yeah. The same one that knows what it is to give up. <laughs> the same one that knows what it is to say, nope, that's not me. And say, you know what? I'm going to turn it around in such a way you're going to be the one that gives the requirements for the new apostle. Bro, but you know what's so funny about that is how they chose. It is. It's how they it chose. Is. So I feel like it's, uh, it, you have like this big moment that's building <laughs> and then they're like, all right, let's throw some dice. Throw some dice. <laughs> God, you know our heart. Throw some dice. That is so and it lands, funny, you know, bro. That's, lands on Matthias. That's so funny, bro. And then you don't hear anything else about him. No, and, and that's what's so powerful. Because you know what we heard? Yeah. Everything we needed to hear. Yeah. This is what it said. This is what we need. Somebody that's been here from the beginning that will be a what? That will be a witness. A witness. Yeah. A witness. You know why? You're not the main character. Dude, that's so You're powerful. not the one that's going to get all the that's glory. So You're good. not the one that's going to be in the light. That's so good. They're looking for somebody that's faithful. And that's who God is looking for. Faithfulness. You talk about a, a, a mandate of biblical leadership. It is faithfulness. Bro, so, you know, I find that very interesting because nowhere do you see in Scripture, well, the Lord told them to choose someone else. Uh-huh. You're right. It's not You're there, right? right? You're so right. So I often wonder, did they do that because they were accustomed to 12? I, I think I think a part of it is, you know, you're 
you're now assuming your role. Like here I am, Peter and the disciples, they're here. It's like, okay, we know the promise is coming. We have been given a charge. Right. We are now leaders. And here's what we're going to do. Somebody left, but now we're yeah. we're going to go ahead and feel that. Right, right. We're going to go ahead and meet that need. Right. And we're going to continue on. The work is going to continue on. We're not stopping. We're not backing down. We're not backing up. Nobody is irreplaceable. And yeah. that's a lesson all by itself. It's, it within is. leaders. That nobody is irreplaceable. And they, they bring in Matthias and and you don't hear anything about him. Right. Outside of that but he's faithful. But you know what, man, there's such a powerful principle in that because it is the responsibility of the leader. Everything rises and falls with the leader, right? And so it's important that you maintain the momentum. It's important that you maintain the energy, that you maintain, you set the pace, right? You set the pace. You set the pace. And a lot of times, man, it's, you know, we we can, we we go through those moments where we feel the frustration and we feel like, oh, okay, it's just, it, it becomes... You know, mundane, it becomes work, right? And you do, you go through those seasons, but you still, at the end of the day, you got to remain faithful. You have to. Yeah. You have to. And it's when the lights are on, yeah. when the lights are off, it's it's who you are and why. I'm a witness unto him. Yeah. yeah. I'm a witness unto him. Yeah, That's for why. sure, dude. That's so beautiful. So is there a difference in the 21st century church and the apostolic church? I, I, I think when, when you when you look at it, there's so many differences within culture, right? Yeah, right. Culture is just so different. Things evolve and things move. And the 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 blueprint. What we are aiming to follow as a church is, mm. you know, the book of Acts, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we're trying to follow the apostles, and mm-hmm. it's the apostles' doctrine, and we we are trying to to follow that blueprint. And you have to hold to those core values, knowing that there are going to be changes. Yeah, that things will change, things will be different, and they always will be. They will always continue. We see that now. Yeah, and one of the things that we have to be mindful of. Okay. We, we hold to our core values. We hold to our doctrine. But now, how do we go about it and navigate mm. in this world mm-hmm. to further the mm. gospel? That's how important. How do we share the gospel? Yeah. Things are going to change. Yeah. Yes. So how do we yeah. change to, to, to make sure that we are sharing the gospel, the good news, with everyone that we possibly can. Dude, that's so good that you keep, you got to keep the foundation of the doctrine and the principles, right? right? And I think a lot of the struggles of churches today is they want to be, they want to become relevant mm-hmm. and they want to become current. Mm-hmm. And so they do, they, they slack up on what they believe mm-hmm. because they think it's going to draw a crowd, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, although numbers represent a soul, it's not about the number in terms of how many can I get just for the sake of getting them, sure. but it's about winning and leading people to Jesus. Sure. Right? Absolutely. And and there's nothing easy about it. Yeah. Right? There's nothing easy about it. So what I mean by that is we are all trying, our church and other churches, you are trying. We we don't just want to be something that is uh, on a concert on Sundays. Right. We don't want to just be a social gatherings in the middle of the week. Right. You know, we are trying to be a Bible-based church. Yeah. We are trying to make a difference in the lives of people. We are trying to grow together. We are trying to do that. Mm-hmm. And that is not something that is always received. Right. But it doesn't mean that you stop trying. It yeah. doesn't mean that you don't give your best effort you continue to do that and you learn, okay, what is working and what isn't working? What do I need to change? And, right. and you have to be honest about that because the way that we do church today is very different 
from what they did then. For sure. You know, it, it's, sure. it's very different. For sure. And, but we we are doing so to the best of our ability. Okay, number one, I'm keeping Jesus the main thing. He's he the is main. everything. He's the center. He is Jesus, everything. You're the center sing of it. my joy. Sing it. Sing it. I'd help you if I could. <laughs> it's Jesus is the center. Yeah. He is the main thing. Yeah. What are we preaching? Yeah. Jesus. What are we leading to? Jesus. Right. That 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 is everything. Yeah. That is it's not okay. I'm I'm trying to preach something that just makes people feel good. Yeah. No. And as as you get into the word of God, you 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 mentioned relevance. When you get into the word of God, you will see just how relevant it is more than ever, <laughs> more, more than ever. Than yeah. ever. More it than ever. stands out now mm-hmm. more than mm-hmm. ever. I agree. And you don't, you don't have to get away from it. You don't have to look to something. You don't have to look to, to, to things that are fictional. You don't have to look to books and movies that are outside. Right. No, you look at the word, at of, the word God. of God. It stands all by itself. It does. It does. And so let's talk, let's talk about this because it, I think this is one of the things that a lot of leaders uh, struggle with. And we talked about relevance and uh, staying current and those things there, I mean, they're good in perspective, right? Um, uh, a lot of times, you know, you have demographics in within your church, okay. right? And you have the, the, the demographic of the seniors, mm-hmm. Right, that are um, uh, they hold true to tradition? Mm-hmm. Uh, they hold true to how we used to do church um, because we had great church, you know, twenty sure. years ago, twenty five years ago. Yeah. We had these powerful moves of God, and we still have powerful moves of God. And then you have the younger generation, right, that are dealing with uh, uh, instant information and access to information uh, and things. You know, you're trying to juggle juggle all of that and juggle how do I minister to this demographic and this demographic at the same time and remain um, remain faithful mm-hmm. to to who we are as a church. Sure. Let's talk about that just yeah, for a second. Absolutely. And I and I know every leader, every pastor um, speaks differently. Everyone mm-hmm. leads differently. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But one of the approaches that that I take is you and I as individuals, there are some things that are just relatable mm-hmm. as humans. Uh-huh. Right? And when you begin to get into the word of God and you begin to, when it, when it comes down to preaching, how do you stay relatable? Right. When you're preaching to somebody that is 75, they're right. retired right. and uh, they're, they're, you know, content with where they are. And then you have somebody that's coming in and they're 23 and they're brand new to the Lord. And right. there's, you know what I mean? There's a lot of changes that they're making transitions. They're, they're single, they're by themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and then you have somebody here and somebody there. How, how do you do that? One of the things, and again, as simple as it sounds, when you stick to simply preaching the word of God, Mm -hmm, when mm -hmm. you get into the Bible and you preach and you begin to read the stories and you begin to unfold the the biblical truths and the principles that are evident in in these scriptures that you are reading, those are things that are relatable to anyone any generation any right any season right of life right if i am only and i'm giving an example if i'm only tailoring a midweek series to those that are retired and in 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 you know in that elderly right uh demographic okay then i'm gonna miss everybody that is not in that demographic for sure obviously for sure but if when you begin to walk through the scripture and you begin to journey through what we're going to point out is not the season of life that you're in right not the season of life that i'm in what we are pulling out is biblical truths right that resonate 
to every age demographic, okay. to every walk of life. And I feel like that's where people can relate and say, oh, okay, that's true. I could hold to that. I'm retired, but I could hold to that. I'm brand new in the Lord, but I could hold to that because I'm not, my aim isn't entertaining this demographic or that demographic. Right, right. The aim is let's highlight the scripture. Let's see what God is saying. And here we have in, in Mark two, they're lowering the gentleman down from the, from the ceiling, and you're talking bringing, about being in, unconventional. Yes, you know? <laughs> and, and, you, and you're bringing that out. The ceiling is being removed. Yeah. W- what What are you doing? What I'm doing there is I'm not aiming for the retired saint. I'm not aiming for the for the single young adult. What I'm doing is showing what faith looks like, and Jesus sees their faith. I'm showing you what mm. what it is that the, what it looks like to be relentless in your pursuit towards God. Yeah. What it looks like to simply use what you have yeah. to get where you need to be. That's and good. when you have a, a, a value on the presence of God, you'll do whatever needs to be done to get there. Yeah. That's something as a young adult, I can get a hold of. Yeah. That's yeah. something as somebody that's retired, I can get a hold of. It yeah. doesn't change. And so you just have to be cautious about, well, as I'm preparing, it's not just that I'm, I'm just aiming for somebody that's in this age bracket and I'm leaving everybody else. That's not the aim. The aim is I'm walking us through these scriptures like and there are truths and principles that will be applicable for every age demographic. I like that. I like that. But I have to say this, that I really believe that that is a, that's a pastoral mindset, right? Sure. So let's talk about the practicality of that. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, tradition versus the goal. Okay. Mm-hmm. So as, as the church is moving forward and I've noticed, and maybe you, you can attest to this, or maybe you disagree with it, but we we're having less church. When I say we, I don't mean us. I, right, I get it. you're saying in general, the, the, in general, the body of Christ, the church is having less church. I remember growing up, man. I mean, literally, we had these six month, eight month revivals where we were going to church seven days a week, three times on Sunday. Yeah, and okay. we would leave sometimes leave from church and be in church all night long and go to school. <laughs> that's the next level from church. That was next level. That's, that's, next that's level. how we grew up, right? Yeah. And then you have you you have you know the the uh, the demographic of the church that you know hold to the, to those traditions because um, it's it's what worked well, right? Yeah. Um, talk about you know the challenges that a leader is facing and how do we transition from their tradition because tradition although it can be good mm-hmm. it can also sometimes be unnecessary sure that's that's absolutely the right truth. It's, yeah. the, it's the truth and and you want to evaluate those things right and as as leaders and w- wherever you are leading whether it's a church or it's a business you have to look at that and have hard conversations yeah and is what you are doing, is it working? Mm. Is it effective? Mm. Is it making an impact? Mm. Is it making a difference? Mm. And so you have to look at it. And again, this isn't a knock on anybody's church schedule or business schedule, but in leadership, when you're looking at it, am I doing something simply because it's tradition? Yeah. Am I doing something? Well, I'm going to, and I'll give you the example that you, am I going to have a service every night and every day um, and then be absent in my role as a father? And be absent as my role as a husband. Bro, listen, listen. As my role. Listen, listen, dude. I'm so glad you said that because I can see looking back on my childhood. Mm -hmm. Praise God for it. I mean, literally, I'm it's why I'm in church today. Um, but I can see some of the dynamics within the family, right? The family dynamic that lacked because we were so top heavy with 
going to church sure. and 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 serving the Lord. And I don't want to, you know, don't misunderstand me when I say that, but it did. It impacted us. Mm-hmm. Uh, in our school life, it impacted us in our family life, the dynamics of friendships outside of the church. It did. It really impacted us. And so I love the fact that you're talking about, man, evaluating that uh, as a leader. And that's important that we as leaders, we do that. You And, and you have to. You have to. And w- when you look at it, I can't say, and I'm just going along that example. Mm-hmm. I can't say, okay, I'm, I'm going to be here and I'm, I'm here every night. So you work. And then you run home and you shower, you change, maybe you get something to eat mm. and, and then having service every day, every day, every day. And mm-hmm. then I'm not spending any time with my family. Yeah. I, m- my kids don't see me outside of the church. And because of the schedule, it's run me down so much mm. that when I do speak to them, it's short. When I do speak to my family, it's, it's, it's almost harsh and it's, it's from a place of frustration because mm. I'm fatigued and I'm tired. I need I need to evaluate that. I need to look at that mm. as as a husband, as a father, as a person. I need to look at that and say, okay, you know, how am I stewarding my time? Yeah, you know, and and then here's here's another side of it that's very important. We are called to be salt and light. We are called to be the light of the world, right. be a strength and encouragement. If you're only in one building the whole time, you're going to have a problem <laughs> being a light. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it's 24-7 and you're only in yeah. the church, yeah. Yeah. you know, and so we need to take a hold of what God is doing in those services that that we are being strengthened, we are being empowered, we are learning, we are growing, but we are doing those things so that our life yeah. produces fruit. Right. I don't want to be busy and fruitless. I don't mm. want I don't want to show up and I'm in attendance, mm. but I'm absent of him in mm. my life. And so we have to learn how, we are, you know, I know it's a slogan for many for life groups and things that that go on in the church world, but we we want to make sure that we are growing in our life, mm. that our life is producing and we, we have to do that not only inside of the church but it happens in our life yeah. outside of the yeah. church. Yeah. People need to see that. That's how you're a light to the world. That's how yeah. you're a strength to others. And if it's only service, 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 guess what? The Most of the people going to those service every day are yeah. just people that are in the church. Yeah. And so you, 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 you and I are to be a witness yeah. outside of the church. That's it's, true. It's something that, that we have to be and do. Dude, that's so good. So a part of the mandate of leadership, man, is that you be a balanced individual. Sure. And balanced. There, Absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned that. And and with the understanding that there is no perfect balance. Right. There is none. Right. You're not going to find that perfect balance. Today is going to look different than tomorrow. Yeah. This week is going to look different than next week. And so what does it come down to? It comes down to learning as a leader. Mm-hmm. How do I steward my time? Yeah. How do, okay, how do I give my time to, to everything that needs to be done? Does that mean I need to delegate more? Does that mean I need to wake up earlier, go to sleep earlier, be a little more intentional mm-hmm. about my schedule, mm-hmm. be a little more intentional about how I plan? Mm-hmm. That, that's we talk in leadership we talk about stewardship a lot for finances mm. but really a lot of that needs to also be directed towards how we spend our time dude that's so powerful man that's so so powerful because we truly we can't be effective as individuals and as leaders for the kingdom of god if we are not imbalanced right. and be a great steward 
right? Absolutely. So that dude, that's so, that's so strong. That's so strong. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about how, um, how God sees the world versus how the world, or excuse me, how God sees the church mm-hmm. versus how the world sees the church. Because man, you know, this is one of the things that as I was, uh, doing some reading and doing some research, um, it has really, there, there has been, um, a, uh, there, there has been a, a separation almost in how God sees the church and how the world is viewing the church. So let's talk first about how does God see the church even in today's society? I, I think um, the the very first thing, and I don't know, maybe the listeners would, maybe it's the first thing that comes to their mind, but uh, we believe that we're the children of God. Mm-hmm. We believe that. And I feel like, uh, again, as a parent, I kind of relate with that. I see that, you know, you care, you love um, you, you, you adore your children. Mm-hmm. You, you, you'll do anything for them. And at the same time, you also want them to grow mm-hmm. and you want them to develop. Mm-hmm. And so there is a weight and a responsibility that you put on them for there to be growth. Right. And I think, you know, the way that God sees the church is more than ever. I feel like he is speaking is, that there needs to be an urgency in his children mm, okay. for him, yeah. towards him, yeah. and towards others mm-hmm. to come to him. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and and that's one of the first things that comes comes to my mind as 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 a father. We are children of God, and He sees us as there is love, no doubt. Right. Uh, there is care and there is compassion, without question. Right. But there is also a responsibility as His children, right. where there is an urgency. Where I, I have I have watched you grow. Mm. I have I have fed you. I have provided for you. But you need to be grown. Mm. You need. You are now developed. You need to act like it. If, right. If you understand what right. I'm saying? Yeah. 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 You, for you sure. You need to walk in that. You're. You're not. And when we say oh, I'm a I'm a child of God, well, I, I think at some point we become mature children. <laughs> so where we're not just being you know fed by spoons and it's just oh it's everything is well the Lord loves me and, and you know so compassionate and He is right. without question. Right. But He also is looking to see the growth and development in your life. Mm. And and as a parent, you want your child to be obedient. Right. You want your child to to listen and to honor your words and to respect right. what you have what you have said and what you want. And because you ultimately want the best for them. Mm-hmm. And so God looks at the church and says, I, I need to see some obedience. Yeah. I need to see some follow-through. Right. I need to see some action. Right. It's not always where God, I need you. God, I need you. God, I need you. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. Yeah. We, we will always need him, but at the same time, he is also saying, Look, I, I'm always here for you. I've always provided for you. Right. I need you. Right. I need you. Step up. Right. Be who I've called you to be. Step okay. up. Let there be some urgency in, in what I am calling and asking you to do. That's good, man. So it sounds like that you're saying that God sees the church as a powerful, powerful church, right? I I, I, I believe that. Yes, I, I, I do believe that. But I also see with God all-knowing, seeing everything that he has created each individual with and us collectively. I also see it there, not only as you are powerful, but I also see 
There's so much potential there. <laughs> don't leave it on the table. Don't don't don't, yeah. don't let it stay there. I've yeah. empowered you to yeah. do something. Yeah. Yeah. The, the skills that I've given you, the, yeah. the anointing that is upon your life, the things that others would look at and say, "Oh, well, you're 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 just gifted." That was with intention. Mm. That was with purpose. Yeah. And I I don't want those things to be wasted. Don't bury those talents. Dude, I love that. So I I love that, and and that really requires the church us is to see ourselves through the eyes of God, right? Mm -hmm. When we talk about we were created in the image of God, man, that we're co-creators with God, but we also have power and authority in the earth. And God has given us um, a father, may I, if you will, to accomplish and to produce and to have dominion over everything in our lives, right? I believe it. And, and oftentimes we as the church, we don't see it that way. We just see that, you know, we're, we're in the grind. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're just, we're trying to get to heaven. I'm going to make it anyhow. Yeah. But Give God me is a like, cabin. Get, <laughs> I sneak in a little cabin. Exactly. But yeah. God is like, no, I have placed you in the earth as an ambassador right. to the kingdom of God. And I need you to step up and take the authority yes. that I have given you. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And he's, in, he's entrusting us yeah. to do so. Yeah. Yeah. He's entrusting us to do so. And so I just feel like there's an urgency for the church, mm. for, for leaders to to understand that for us individually and collectively. Like we we need to be what God's called us to be. Yeah. Like I'm not trying to just, you know, barely make it and just right. survive, you know, right. just surviving over here. Just right. trying to no, know I want to thrive in it. I want to do my absolute best. That doesn't mean that I won't fall. Right. That doesn't mean that I won't fail. That doesn't mean I won't have shortcomings. That right. that's that's going to be a part of it. That's yeah. that's a part of it. But we want to be what God's called us to be. But man, that's the beauty of the church. You know, when you look at the cross, man, the rugged cross, man, it was bloody, it was messy. It wasn't a beautiful thing to look at, to, uh -huh. be to behold, but the power behind the scars, the power behind the nails. And when you look at the church, man, I, I the, one of the things that I really do, I love about the church is that Every single person sitting in the congregation, I don't care how large your church is or how small your church is, everybody has a testimony. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody has a testimony. And it's it's such a uh it's such a uh an example of what God can do in the lives yes. of people yes. if you allow him to do it. it it's amazing to oh, see. Oh, bro. Everybody has a story. Everyone's coming from some background, some, you know, with less, some with more, but it's, it, it, again, it highlights what God is capable of doing. Yeah. If somebody would just let them, yeah. if somebody would just let them, there yeah. is no limit, right. whether you've come from nothing or you've come with everything handed to you, there is no limit to what God can do in your life. If yeah. you would make yourself available, right. allow him to let him lead you, right, right. let him lead you. And then you're going to find yourself leading others to right, him. Right, right, right. Dude, that's, that's so powerful. I want to give our listeners a, uh, a book, um, a, a resource. It's called The Great Dechurching by uh, Jim Davis and Michael Graham. You got to get this book. It's a really interesting read. Uh, it's, it's a little um, uh, analytical and it's very, um, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, I guess. Analytical is, is a good good word to use for it, um, but they are talking about people that are leaving the church in the 21st century, and they're mm -hmm. saying in this book that the more people have left the church in the last decade than we had them come to church in the last two awakenings. Wow. So they're saying over 45 million people have left the church in the last decade. Um, just from you know your perspective, John, 
why do you think that is? How is the world uh, looking at the church now? Uh, I feel like, you know, with with the question of mine in the context of uh, what you've made mention of the book, and then I'll highlight something else, is that, you know, people have options and people are distracted Mm. and there's so many things to pull from. Mm. And so when you look at this is church as a whole, this isn't one organization, one denomination, but Mm -hmm. just church as a whole, people are coming in and they're they're finding maybe some find a church that's strong and healthy mm-hmm. and then others come to a church because it, you know it's the only thing that was made available to them and right there's nothing there there's there's no growth there there's I'm not interested in that but I feel like people have options that are more readily available to them and Interesting. it's an easily easily, uh, they easily become distracted from things and priorities begin to change in their life. Okay. Um, and it's, 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 this isn't something that I'm saying to do. Right. I'm just answering the question of, I feel like there's so many things that distract mm. that. Okay. I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to make ends meet. I'm just, I'm working two jobs, three jobs. The economy mm-hmm. is crazy. This is what it is. Housing is so expensive. Food is so expensive. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to make, ah, I wish I could be there for church, but I can't, it's not really a priority right now. Now. And, yeah. and when you begin to change those priorities, then you begin to find yourself, oh, it's not as important. It's not as important. And here's what happens. It's handed down to your children. Uh, and when, when it was, mm, it's a multiple choice. Yes, maybe we'll be there. Maybe we won't. It was optional mm-hmm. to your children. Then mm-hmm. when, it, when it comes to them, mm, church isn't important. I don't value that. Interesting. And with, within our culture, many don't value that. Yeah. They, they don't value that. And so uh, you begin to see that in over generations it begins to become stronger and stronger yeah. and stronger in that direction. Right. Now, um, w- with that being said, I still believe without question today, today, the day and age that we live in today, yeah. there is now more people that have access to the gospel I love than that. ever before. I love that. And so I can't speak to their stats. I can't speak to their numbers. I can't right. speak to, to any of that. But I feel like, and just by what we see and what we are able to have access to in information, I see the gospel going places that it's never gone. Mm. I see people having access to the word of God that yeah. they would have never had before. Right. And that's one of the strengths of church and leadership in the 21st century yeah. is now even on, on this platform. Yeah. You have an opportunity to be encouraged from your car, for sure. from from your job, from sure. your home and I think sure. I think that really makes a difference. Yeah. Talk a little bit man about uh what we are doing and I know that you know we are man we're making some great strides uh within our church uh as it relates to using technology uh to help us bring the gospel to the world. Man, we have listeners in it's in in what? In all over, uh, India, all over Jamaica. India. Yeah, Europe. I mean, it's 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 exciting. It's so exciting. And what's what's amazing is that they're real, right? Yeah. It's not just something that we're just uh, oh, we just made up or we just see. No, these are people that email us. These are people that it's true. send prayer requests. It's true. These are people that interact <laughs> with us. And so it's it's uh, it's so exciting to see when you have people that are reaching out to you, and they're not they're not reaching out because oh, hey, we've all had this before. Hey, I need you to send me money. Yeah. It's not that. For sure. These are people that are saying, hey, we are watching your services. Sure. We are in, in India. We are in Africa. We yeah. are in Europe here. We're, we're Switzerland. We are watching your service. 
We've been encouraged by it. We've been blessed by it. Yeah. We, we want to partner with you. We That's want is, so is there a Bible study? Is there something that we can do? And so now we're we're working and, and making active connections with people That's so good. that we would have never met in our city. Yeah. That never would have stepped, you know, stepped into our church building. Yeah. But the power of media and technology is allowing us and affording us the opportunity to be a light and to be a strength yeah. where they are. It cannot be ignored. Yeah, that's It so cannot good. be denied. It is something that we have to, as yeah. a church, as leaders, we have to give the time, the effort, and the investment towards it because it's making a difference. Yeah, dude, that's so powerful, bro. I, I love the email that we got recently uh, from the Philippines yes. uh, of the church Mary. that, man, yes. they, they have to Sister come Mary. down yes. the hill, come down the mountain to, it, to get to an internet spot. It, it's, it's so humbling. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so humbling. She'll, she'll email Pastor Jonathan. We don't, as you know, we don't have access to the internet um, all the time, but we come down, we watch the service, yeah. we encourage, we've sent them Bibles, we've sent them Bible studies. So we, good. We want to help uh, provide meals for them and food for them and and uh, instruments as well Yeah, uh, because of the flooding that has taken yeah. place. But yeah. th- those are real people yeah. and, and those are um, people that we have made a connection with through technology. And you think right. about this, as a leader, you want to maximize right. the, the opportunity that you have. Can you imagine, can you imagine if Peter, if Paul, if James and John had a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> if they had the ability, you know what I mean? Yes, if sir. they if they took the time to write, then we need to take the time to speak. That's we need good. to take the time to reach. We I need to take that. the time to to use whatever means we have at our disposal and make a difference. I love that, bro. That's dude. That's so good. I love it. I love it. I love it. Let's transition. Uh, we're, we're getting uh, close to the hour here, but, uh, I want to talk a little bit about, um, pop psychology versus the gospel. Now let me just read this because when I say pop psychology, I'm referring to, excuse me, the approaches often categorized by worldly philosophies that emphasize personal feelings or current trends of how people live their lives versus what the gospel says about the death, burial, and resurrection, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, A lot of people are now, they don't don't feel that, that the word is relevant in terms of, you know, how I feel. Yeah. Right. Do you see, I mean, let's look at it, you know, pre COVID and then post COVID has it changed a little bit? Oh, definitely. I, I think that it, it is changed aggressively. Yeah. I think it's changed aggressively things when, when there are things that you have to deal with now as leaders in business leaders in church, for sure, that you would have never imagined that you would have had to deal with for sure ever before. Cause there are things that are just well, I thought that was common sense. I thought that was just understood. Sure. I thought that was just, where is this coming from? Yeah. So I think it has changed aggressively Yeah. where you, you have to look at. And, and here's, here's where we have to stand is it's not, oh, this is your truth and my truth. We, we mm. have the misunderstanding. There is one truth. One truth. It's the word of God. I am the way. The truth. God is the truth. He's the God truth. is the way. Yes, sir. He, he is. Yes, sir. All by himself. That is what guides. Yeah. That is what navigates. That's what we are navigated by and from is, is his word. And so I'm not, and you can't, and nobody else. It's not about pop. It's not about what's popular right, to right, develop. Right, right, That's not going to develop right, my theology. Right, what's right. popular, and, and, and we continue to see this. These things will come in, in phases, and it, it will be fads. And at, at, you know, at certain points, this is popular, and then it's not. Right. This is something that people want to get around and rally behind, and then they realize 
oh, this doesn't last. <laughs> this doesn't stand. You know Absolutely. what I'm going to stand to? I'm going to stand to the word to of the God. Word of I'm God. not looking to what's popular. I'm not looking to what makes people uh, just feel good. What's the truth? Yeah. What What is the truth? And, right. and, and that's how you gauge it. Yeah. That, that's Now, does, does pop culture, does it... Does it influence our world? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What is popular influences our mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's it's the music we listen mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the worship music that 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 is written that that is from the culture yeah. that you've been raised in and For you've sure. been developed in. So yes, it has an influence. Yeah. We we will not deny that it right. does have an influence and. Even what we're doing today on on a podcast is this wasn't what they did 30 years ago. For sure. This isn't what's something that they were looking to do. But what we do as a church, what we do as leaders, Mm. you will look, okay, how can we utilize this for the mission? Mm. How would we utilize this to make a difference? And that's in leading a church. If you're leading a business, it's how can I use this means to to advance what I'm trying to do on the business side? Mm. How can I use this? Do I just stay where I've always been and say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to give any time to learn that. I'm not going not to give any time mm. to, to, to develop that. You, mm-hmm. you can't do that. You mm-hmm. will get lost. You will get left. What I have to do is say, okay, how, how does this align to my values? And I'm not gonna. There, there's there's some things that I'm not gonna compromise. Mm-hmm. There's some things that are established. Okay. There's some things that are set. However, what can I use? What can I do? Mm-hmm. What 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 can I approach this with? And and how can I use this to advance the kingdom of God? How can I use this if in business? How can I use this to advance my business? How can I use this to help me to be better as a leader? Yeah. Better as a person, our organization better. And so there's nothing wrong with looking at that and saying. Okay, in the culture that we live in, here's some there's some things that some light is being shed on that I didn't think about before. Okay, mm. maybe I need to change this approach. Maybe I need to be more mindful of this. Okay, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, there is influence there, but it's not going to change the doctrine. It's not going to change who we are as believers. For sure, for it's sure, not for sure. So let's give some strategy to that. Okay, sure. what would you say to to leaders out there, pastors um, who are uh, feeling the pressure? of pop culture trying to enter into the church. Because here's the thing, man, you know, even in the church realm, I've noticed it, I'm sure you've noticed it, that people's perception or their, not their belief structure, but the way they approach things has changed, right? Mm-hmm. They they don't come to church as much. They don't have, uh, um, they don't ha- they're not as engaged as they used to be, right? So even in, on those smaller, uh, uh, lower end things, it's still a culture that's trying to creep into the church. What would you say to a pastor or leader that is feeling the pressures of that? I'd, I'd first like to say, it's okay to feel the pressure of it. Yeah. Like, because I feel like we, we feel sometimes as leaders, like we have to have the answer right away. (laughs) And like, because I'm feeling pressure, I'm not equipped Right. because I'm feeling pressure. Uh I'm not called because I'm feeling pressure. I'm not good at what I've been asked to do. Right. That's not the case. Right. These are hard, difficult times. I'm so glad you said that. With significant challenges. I'm so glad and you said that. we're walking through things that we've never had to walk through before. Mm, mm. We are navigating through uncharted territory. Mm. And what do we do? Well, we know what our anchor is. Yeah. We, we know what our absolutes are. Right. We know what our values are. We know what our doctrine is. And we hold 
to that. That is established. We're not going to change that. But as I'm approaching things and approaching it with people that have been brought up in, in a different world, in a different culture, mm-hmm. and, and there's questions that I've never been asked before, right. and there's scenarios that I've never had to deal yeah, with before, for sure. it's okay to be able to take a step back and say, okay, this is something that we are working through together. Right. This is something that that we are we are going to look at. What is going to guide us? I'm going to hold to the word of mm, God. That's mm, what I'm going to hold to. Mm. That's where my answers are coming from. Mm. And as a pastor, I am real. Mm-hmm. I am honest. And I want you to know mm. that this is something that is new to me, but we are working through it together. together. The pressure is real. Together. I feel the daunting weight of yeah. the culture. I feel the daunting weight of, of, of things that are thrown at us and mm. things that are constantly coming. But, but... I want you to know we are working through this together. And so what do I do? I communicate. Right. I communicate. Mm. And as I communicate, there is there is a significant understanding from people when they know where you are coming from. This is coming from my heart. Bro, I love I the transparency of that. I don't know I love that, that everyone is. No, I do know. Not everyone's going to agree. Mm-hmm. But I do know this. The, the the decision that I'm making in this situation or that situation, it is coming yeah. out of a love, out of a care and a concern for you, yeah. for your family, yeah. for your soul. And so I'm just going to tell you, there's going to be different opinions. There's going to be people that tell you different. There's going to be churches and pastors that lead different. Right. However, the stance that I am taking is, number one, based on the word of God. Right. And number two, I am making it out of concern, out of true mm. care for your soul. Dude, that's so powerful. I, I love the the approach that you're taking there. I mean, it's taking ownership and it's just saying, hey, I don't have it all figured out. <laughs> right. And- right? I don't have it all figured out. Who does? Who does? And and the perfect example, I know you brought it up pre-COVID and post-COVID. Everybody was walking through COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, it what are we doing? Okay, mm-hmm. how are we gonna go about this? Mm-hmm. Oh, is this two weeks? Oh mm-hmm. no, it's two months. Oh, mm-hmm. now what is this? Two years? You know, how how long is this gonna be? And what are we gonna change? What are we gonna do different? You yeah. know, the pastors felt that way, leaders felt that way. Right. What are you gonna do for your business? Right. How, how are you gonna operate your business? It's right. just been shut down. What are you doing? There's nothing wrong with saying, okay, I feel the pressure. Right. I acknowledge it, but but I'm not going to let it just crush me. Yeah. I'm going to rise to it. I'm going to make the stand. I'm going to follow the voice of God, the word Man. of God. I'm going to hold to that. And then I'm going to communicate. As we're making a way, yeah. we're going to communicate. This is, this is why I'm doing it. Yeah. It may not make sense to you. But I feel like this is why we're going to make this decision. Yeah. may not make sense to you, but as I journey through the word of God, this is what comes to light. This is what I feel we need. And as a pastor, mm. as a pastor, I'm not speaking to a business owner right now, but as a pastor, you're called to shepherd the people. Yeah, bro. And, and, and you know what? That's what you're leading with. A- absolutely. And that's the reason why that's so strong, uh, John, is because you're talking about having a voice of influence over the people that you lead, right? And we talked about this earlier, that what makes, what's the mandate of leadership and it's faithfulness, right? And so when you have lived the life as a consistent leader, it really does add the value and the strength mm-hmm. to the message that you are preaching to the church, yeah, right? And, and, and people will follow that. And so as a leader in today's society, it's about knowing, first of all, what you, what you belief sticking to the to the to the to the to the core doctrine and understanding the mandate 
that God has put on yes. not just the body of Christ, but on your personal life yeah. as a leader. Yeah, absolutely. right. And you don't always have it figured out. You can't always see what's going to happen tomorrow. But man, I know what God has said. Yes. And and we are walking through this together. Oh, bro, that's we are so walking strong. through uncharted territory together. So strong. And I'm communicating as we're walking. This is what is going on. This is what is happening. And there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, this is why I'm making this decision. Yeah. yeah. And people will disagree. Some yeah. people will go about their own way. But the majority are going to respect that. Yeah. The majority are going to, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. That that I can relate to that. Because right. guess what? As you're leading the church and as you're leading your business. Those same people that you're speaking to, mm-hmm. they're trying to navigate their home. Yeah. They're trying to navigate their life. Yeah. And so that they appreciate that. That's something that they can hold to as well. Dude, that's a biblical principle. It says within all you're getting, get understanding. That's in every facet of life. Right. Right. <laughs> Bro, we're getting close to the uh, uh, to our time here. But I want to ask you one more question because I think this is going to be really beneficial uh, to pastors and to leaders out there. How do you uh, church or how do you approach uh, pastoring or leading uh, the unchurched versus the de-churched? That's a great question. Um, And I want to give this answer as well as and just kind of qualify everything else that I've said is I don't come today from a perspective of knowing it all. I don't come from a perspective of feeling like I have gained the most understanding and I'm this wealth of knowledge and I've come (laughs) just as a fountain. But you are. Just as a fountain. I I don't take that approach. We are all learning. We're all developing and we're all growing. Yeah. Um, But I I do think, just to answer that question, you said that the unchurched Mm -hmm. and then the de-churched, and for those that are listening, say, well, well, I'm not familiar with (laughs) de-churched. De-churched is simply those that have left. Yeah. Those that have left for various reasons, for various reasons. Mm -hmm. And so um, my honest answer, and this just just comes from my heart and from experience, Dana, is that you have to care Mm. for the well-being of the person, Mm. not the well-being of the saint. That's good. Not the well-being of of the title or the role that Mm. they served in. Uh, not the well-being of what they can add to your church mm. or what they were at one point. Um, I have to care for the well-being of the person. Interesting. How are you as a husband, as a father, yeah. as a son? How, how are you as a mother, as a wife, as an individual, as a student? How are I have to care for your well-being? It can't be. Mm. It cannot be, hey, you want to come to my church? Oh, no. All right. Mm. Oh, and and that's it. Mm-hmm. It can't be, oh, you were once a part of a church, but no, I don't want anything to do with you. Uh, no. Now, I, I can't lead that way. You and I can't lead that way right, right. To, to make an, an impact. Now, here's one thing that I will say. You say, well, uh, they're no longer a part of our life. They're no longer there. You're, you're going to have some differences along the journey of Absolutely. life. Absolutely. Because, this is important, because priorities change. For sure. And so- if my priority is God and, and the church and my family and and those things, God, family, and church, if those things are my priorities mm-hmm. and somebody that was in my life has different priorities, mm. naturally, naturally, we're not going to be involved as much as we work. Right. Our friendships, uh, the times that we would spend together, the, the conversations, naturally. Mm. But that doesn't mean that I don't care for them. That doesn't mean that I don't reach out to them. That doesn't sure. mean there isn't a text and a call. Yeah. There isn't a happy birthday message. There isn't, hey, when I see him, I'm going to pick up right where we left Absolutely. off. Absolutely. You know, th- those are things. But in answering your question, it, 
how do you? It's got to come that I care for the well-being of that person. I love that, bro. And so if I don't see you all year, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you left the church. Number one, I'm not taking it personal. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I understand there's different reasons, mm-hmm. different things have taken place. However, as a person, mm-hmm. as a person, there's a love that I have for you. Uh, I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be cordial. I have no issue with you. Right. I have no issue with you. For those that are de-church, I'm, right. I'm here. I'm available. And we, you know, we have, I feel like uh, over over the years, we have developed that relationship with people. Mm-hmm. And so there are still many people that maybe no longer in the building, no longer would you see them on a Sunday or a Wednesday, mm-hmm. but there's a relationship there. Mm-hmm. And so wh- whether it's something that is needed or it's an occasion yeah. uh, that is special, we can pick up right where we left off yeah. and there's strength there and there's encouragement there. But I really feel like the well-being of the person is what stands out. Build relationships. For sure. Build relationships. Bro, that's so Unchurched, powerful. Unchurched, church That's so build powerful. relationships. Yeah. That's, that's what God has called us to be. Like when you see the example that Jesus sets, it's not, he's not unapproachable. Mm-hmm. He's not, I'm too busy for mm-hmm. you. I, I don't, oh, nope, you're not here in my service on Sunday. I don't got time for you. It's, it's not that way. Deuces. There is there is love. There is care. There's compassion. There's understanding. However, yeah. however, I do want to say this. I am not going to cater to everybody else's decision mm-hmm. and compromise my priorities. Mm. God, family, and mm. church, those, those are my priorities. Mm-hmm. I'm going to reach for people. Mm-hmm. I'm going to reach. Why? Because that's what God would have me to do. I'm going to reach for everybody that I can reach. Yeah. I'm going to be kind. There's going to be love. But I'm not going to say, okay, I'm not going to be true to myself to cater to every opinion yeah. and cater to Everyone that has a different opinion, you can't do right, that. Right, you you right. can't do that. You set your priorities, you set your values, and you go about those things. And people, people, people are what God yeah. is invested in. Yeah. People are what God would want us to give our time and attention to. And so that's something we need to do. Commit to the well-being of others. Commit that's to the so well-being. good, Brent. So it's it's all about love. It's all about love. It, it you know it 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 it's a part of it. It's, it's, it's a, having that. That love for people mm-hmm. and an understanding mm-hmm. of, okay, I, I need to know, like, and as a leader, you build discernment, you yeah, build wisdom and right. knowledge, discretion, you build those things. I need to know where this person is at. They don't need another church flyer. Mm. They don't need another church flyer. Mm. What they need is somebody to listen to them, somebody to help walk them through the yeah. grief, yeah. help walk them through the the divorce, help yeah. them walk through the, the financial crisis that they're in. Being present. That's so good. Be present with them and having that understanding. It's not just an invitation to my church. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Get involved in their life. <laughs> Dude, I love that. That's so powerful, man. I've, I've so enjoyed our conversation today. So have I, man. Thank you, you for having me. You have got to come back. <laughs> You're kind, man. It's, 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 it's gone quickly and... Um, I'm just, I'm honored to be able to uh, connect with you. I appreciate your friendship. Yeah, man. And uh, to, to your listeners, thank you for allowing me this time. And I pray that it's been a strength and an encouragement to you. And whether you're listening to this, uh, now all at one time, or you've listened to this over uh, a few sessions and and (laughs) times, we just, we appreciate you listening. Yeah. So listen, guys here at Life Talk Radio, we are really all about adding value to your life. I pray that today's episode is, uh, is, is challenging you, but it's also empowering you to be the leader that God has called 
called you to be. Maybe you're a leader of a, of a very large congregation. Maybe you're just leading your family. No matter what it is, God has empowered you to be the person that he has created you to be with power and authority. It, listen, if you would like to leave us a comment, we encourage you to do so. Uh, if you want to subscribe to our channel, we want you to do that as well. And we want you to share this content with as many people that you know. God bless you, and we will see you next time. Thank you.